0: hello and welcome to another episode of your average critics joined as usual by obi and chris how are you both
1: good thanks how are you
2: i'm
0: sweet thanks good good happy valentine's day to you both um quickly uh, can
2: i just go on over, quickly quick sorry 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 because i know we want to get to one division yeah but um my cousin yeah <laughs> my cousin sent my mum a message saying happy valentine's is that weird your
0: cousin messaged your mum, messaged your mum saying Happy Valentine's.
2: Yeah. How, how old's your cousin? My cousin's is thirty, mid thirties. Okay, That's a little weird. Thank is you. your cousin close with your mum? Yeah, mum like, my mum's like his second mum basically. Well, I wouldn't say Happy Valentine's uh, Day to my mum though. Thank you. I would i you. have, <laughs> be. Like, we, I don't know. That,
1: you'd say it maybe if your mum didn't have a partner
2: because yeah. your mum. That's. Thank yeah. you. It's, it's weird, but it's weird, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it's, it's thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah. I tried confirmation yeah. that it wasn't just me before it was strange. <laughs> no, you're, you're validated. You're validated. Okay. Sorry, continue. Um, but yeah, like, so today we're going to talk about One Division Episode 6, uh, Malcolm and Marie, Greenland, which is the Gerard Butler action film, and uh, The White Tiger, uh, which is a Netflix production. But we'll start with One Division, straight well, into it.
1: Got some film and TV news, though.
0: Yeah, well, I just. Yeah, I know you're on a tight yeah. uh, leash. So um, Brooklyn
1: Nineveh, season eight will be its final season.
0: Yeah, I mean they cancelled it already and then revived it, so it's 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 not like I think the impact of that is lessened. Um, but yeah, has to yeah. end eventually. And
1: then the best news for Obi ever is that we've got an older Tracy Beaker series coming out.
2: Oh mate, I'm actually gonna re- I'm gonna rent it when it's is it is it all out or is it like one week by week?
0: No, it's all on iPlayer, I think.
2: Oh, sweet. I'm going to watch it
0: then. You can make my world come true. It's, I can make my world come true. Oh, whatever. It's been like 15, 20 years since I last saw that show, so cut <laughs> me some slack.
2: <laughs> oh, I um, whilst we're talking about film news, do you want to talk about um, Gina Gina Carano getting fired from um, Disney? Yeah, so Gina Carano, who
0: um, I don't even know what character she plays on The Mandalorian. Cara but, Cara Dune, that's it. So, yeah, she's like one of the galactic kind of, uh, yeah, people. I, th- I don't really know what her character is, but she's in it. She did some uh, kind of offensive tweets. Um, back in November, I think she was tweeting yeah, pro-Trump and yeah. something about the... Rocket. And then
2: recently so, she... Like,
0: well. Yeah, she compared being a Republican to something to do with the Holocaust and... Uh, Disney, there was a hashtag campaign to kind of fire her. Disney said that she's no longer going to be employed by them so it's not quite firing but it's sort of like you're just not going to be in future.
2: I'd say that's a firing Well, what else could it be?
0: I think it depends if she's still under contract or if it's like we're just not going to renew you but yeah I mean
2: essentially right. uh, She got dropped by her um, uh, what do you call it? Um, Alan Page. That's the one
0: yeah as well. well i think there were question marks about her acting ability anyway but uh, she's not
2: she's not an actress I, at all
1: but <laughs> she's been recruited to do a film have you seen it no yeah so i think is it ben shapiro's got his own like film company or something and he's hired her to make her own film and stuff apparently
2: i think ben Shapiro's quite like a um uh like a conservative like um what well, i want to say spokesperson but you know one of them like um Uh, what's the word when Uh, the like when the elections come about they're quite a big voice in the media kind of thing yeah i don't know what word you would say what word you would give that but i think he's one of those sort of people so it it doesn't surprise me that he would be um supportive of her whatever views she might have had i don't know but
0: But it's good that people are being held accountable for um things that you know i I guess a lot of the stuff that's happened recently you know your james guns and things like that that's you know, it was from tweets from years and years ago, which mm. you could suggest, like, okay, maybe those views at that point, um, you know, they 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 wouldn't have those views now. Um, so maybe that's why, you know, when James Gunn got fired and then rehired, it was sort of like, okay, well, maybe he has changed in the six to ten years since those previous tweets. But I don't think that's that why he was rehired. Now, but yeah, <laughs> no, I think I think people, some people, can maybe get over it a bit more. Or if it's like you know people have had a chance to maybe change their views or you know mm. learn, um, but I think the fact that her her tweets are so current and it's like okay mm. well, that's that's not okay, um, but yeah I mean
2: I think Same. Same. you know I
0: wanna... yeah I think also you know uh, like tangentially related the people that racially abuse people on Twitter like footballers or anybody really like mm. they should also you know there's an argument should they lose their jobs as well because yeah. you know well, being is just your account disabled that's not really like t- teaching someone a lesson is it
2: one thing that annoys me is that people like that um they're always like and a lot of people who were defending gino carano were saying oh it's freedom of speech blah, blah 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 but then somebody said a tweet which i completely agree with i said freedom of speech doesn't mean like does it equal freedom of consequences so you can say whatever you like, but whatever happens after that, you know what I mean? Like, It's up to whoever is or isn't offended by whatever you said. Do you know what I mean? You can't control the way people feel about the things that you say. You can exactly. say whatever you like, but you can't, you know, yeah. pe- people can be offended by whatever. You, you, people, you can't choose what people are and aren't offended by, do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, if you are a company like Disney, and again, you can sort of maybe bring this back to James Gunn's previous tweets, but if you you know, if you don't take action, then essentially you're by uh, proxy kind of condoning it. Mm. If that makes sense. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think she's going to be a big loss to the Mandalorian mm. or the I Star agree. Wars franchise. She's a good
2: stunt. She's her stunts are really good. I think she is a MMA. She's MMA fighter. So like when she's in the Mandalorian and stuff like that, she's her stunts are very good. But yeah, her acting chops are not quite up to par. Mm.
1: I was going to say. If- to the tweet thing um not not racist tweets but like other tweets like the james gunn one does it matter what context it's in though
2: i can't remember the context of his tweets but
0: but,
1: uh, yeah i think he was saying he was doing it to like see what people would react to it how people react to it or something wasn't it Glenn? i think you'd probably know that's not
0: a good reason though no no, it's like shock value isn't it um
1: in a general i'm talking not he was just He was just a specific one I could think of, but
0: mm.
1: the general. Yeah,
0: it's a difficult one because, I mean, a lot of comedians, in inverted commas anyway, like a lot of the comedy is based on shock and, you know, things that Jimmy Carr says and Frankie Boyle says, you know, you're like, whoa. I and mean, even I've seen a, a tiny, tiny bit of what Dave Chappelle's shows are and some of the stuff he says is quite controversial or mm. quite, you think, oh, God, can you say that or should you say that? But I think, I don't know, to me there's no difference in a recorded comedy performance and and tweeting something because it's both still in the public domain. So I I don't know. I think you just need to be a bit careful Um, particularly if Twitter you know there's there's not really an age restriction or if there is it's quite young. So again you know you've got to be careful of what you put out there. Um, Well I think the last bit of film news relevant is that there seems to be some sort of a debate internally at Disney as to whether they should release Black Widow on Disney Plus um as well as in theatres but soon. Um, and I know we have covered it quite a lot a couple of weeks ago. Um, but I just wondered if with this specific circumstance, so Black Widow release date is impending. Um, still no guarantee, particularly in the UK, as when cinemas might be reopening. So just a quick yes or no from both of you. If you were Kevin Feige or if you were Disney, do you put it on Disney Plus, Obi?
2: Yeah. Chris.
1: Yeah, and do you know what I'd say? I'd say you could probably put it on there for a fiver, and then if you said you can unlock it for a fiver early, they'd make money as well. I
0: reckon. I wouldn't pay a fiver purely because it's you know, Br- riddos already dead, so <laughs> I, I don't think it would be like you know. I mean, it might. They might. They might introduce characters, but I don't. I don't see it furthering. The MCU too much, I could Is be completely wrong.
1: Any monetary value where they say you can watch it in March now or I'd, pay have... a
0: fi- I'd pay five oh. mm. if it was Eternals or Shang-Chi or Doctor Strange too telling
1: me there's no there's no value if so if I said to you right now, if you pay this five pound first of March, you get the film or you have to wait until the end of December.
2: Can I? Oh, God, that's a long time to wait. I'd, yeah, I'd pay a five. Quickly, just to ask Chris yeah. to uh, add some conditions to this. Do you get to a, When you pay that five pound, do you then have it? And you, have it or forever. you can only watch it once?
1: You can have it forever.
2: Oh, yeah, I'd pay five. Yeah. Uh,
1: um, and if they were being smart uh, as well, they would limit the purchase to a single user on the Disney Plus account as well.
0: Yeah, that's a good point.
1: Multiple users. I suppose, but then how can you stop it unless you've got a password? I don't think you have passwords on the user accounts, do you? So I, don't
0: know. I probably would, just because I wouldn't want to have to, you know, avoid spoilers. Um, but yeah, okay. Well, on the subject of avoiding spoilers, there—that yeah, was terrible. English. Avoiding spoilers. <laughs> wow, God, I don't know. Um, avoiding spoilers. Yes, one division. So uh, I tend to be on at both of you very early in the morning on a Friday. To be like, oh my God, have you seen One Division? Uh, this week I had some training internally at work, so I couldn't watch it until five o'clock. But uh, you said sort of that you, you you messaged us about four o'clock, like, oh, I presume by your lack of insistence on watching it that it's not very good. Yeah. Uh, but that wasn't to be uh, uh, an indictment on this episode. Um, so I'll just briefly summarise the episode. I won't obviously cover everything, so we can jump in with other plot points, but. Um, and we can debate the time frame, the time setting as well, but it seems to be set in the noughties. Um, on Halloween, you've got um Wanda, Vision, Pietro, Billy, and Tommy. Um, and yeah, they're going like Halloween hunting. Vision oh. trick or treating, I think it's called, isn't it? Uh, Vision wants to go and explore other parts of the city, so pretends he's on patrol. Um, and then kind of throughout the episode, you have um, Tommy and Billy respectively sort of uh, start to exhibit powers so I can't remember who's who but essentially mm. speed which is either Tommy or Billy um, sort of uh, follows in his uncle Pietro's footsteps and has super speed and then uh, the other one Wiccan um, you know exhibits magical sort of telekinetic psychic powers like his mother um, and yeah there's there's a few kind of interesting plot points here so you've got um, Agnes is caught at the edge of the hex, um, and she seems, appears to not know what's going on. Um, vision sort of.
1: Oh, hold on. Is she at the edge of the hex? Yeah. Because vision yeah. goes a way before he reaches the barrier.
2: Yeah, like 10 feet, not far. Like she was yeah, basically at the edge. It's The further you go towards it, the more you become less mobile in it. So she was basically at a standstill. Yeah. Oh, okay, fair yeah. enough.
0: Um, and then I guess outside the Hex, you've got um, Darcy, Jimmy Wu, and Monica. Um, they try and find out a bit more about the head of swords. So they're hacking into his computer. Um, they reveal that Monica's DNA has been altered twice, which I guess we'll touch on again later. Uh, Monica and Jimmy go to find their um, galactic buddy, you know, the aerospace engineer. Um, and eventually... Uh, Vision breaks through the barrier to a degree um, and starts to die which Wiccan picks up on I'm going to call him Wiccan even though he's not referred to as Wiccan mm. just because I can't remember if it's Tony or Billy and no. then uh, to try and save Vision Wanda extends the barrier of the Hex to encompass pretty much all of Swords' um, kind of base outside so and, more. It ends up, and more and ends up swallowing up Darcy Uh, which we we don't know what's going to happen to her so that is a very very brief uh, summary of the plot Um, we will touch on the kind of questions that get raised but um, as a a whole Chris you go first what did you think of this episode
1: um for me it wasn't it wasn't the best episode it it, it, for me probably was maybe better than the first episode we saw of, of um one division, but I think it's it's throwing a lot of curveballs this episode I think it is what um intrigued me by the episode because um obviously as we were having debates in the whatsapp chat saying about all the different p- bits and pieces um so I think so, I think this was in a sense like not a filler episode but it felt kind of like a filler episode in, in a sense this episode um. Okay. But I think it opened a lot of. So it was good, but not as good as the others. But it opened, I think, it opened a lot more. It made me ask a lot more questions and answer them.
0: Yeah. Uh, what what curveballs specifically are you thinking So
1: of? I'm rewatching it because I wanted to. Because I wanted to try and I haven't I haven't got through it all yet. I wanted to prove to you guys that I thought. Because I know we debated this Pietro character. Is he going to be the same guy? Have they? What? What? Because, because, what were you saying in chat? You saying you reckon they've m- molded him into one now?
2: I think they want you to believe that this Pietro is the same Pietro who faced Ultron and stuff, not the X Men Pietro.
1: Okay, because they literally, when you first start the episode, they mention the first thing you see is Darcy saying they've recast Pietro, and also when they're they're in a room together, uh, the three characters, uh, Rambo, Darcy, and Wu. And they're watching. There's TV screens in the thing, and I think Woo actually says, "Who's that?" Yeah. When Pietro's on the screen to imply that they that he doesn't know who that is in real yeah. life, and I would assume he knows who Pietro is in real life.
2: Chris, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a bit unclear as to what what point you're you want to make right now. Can you clarify for me? So I'm, saying, I'm not understanding. I'm <laughs> Sorry.
1: I'm saying they're still two completely different people. I'm saying that they're not trying. I don't think they're going to try and make us believe. That that's the Pietro going forward.
2: Yeah, I think we know. Well, I'm. I, I think that the point of the point of it is that we know we're supposed to know that this is a different person. But the person who is saying he's Pietro is supposed to be Ultron Pietro MCU Pietro. But okay. obviously, like obviously, because we we've noticed that Wonder doesn't doesn't recognize his face. These don't recognize his face. So there must be something. Uh, different going on, but I don't think that... I don't think they're gonna just... Um, I don't think the point of this storyline they're doing is to go forward saying, okay, yeah, this is just Pietro now and this is the guy who it's I been... I don't think that. No.
1: Oh, that's what I... I thought you guys were saying that in the chat. I was getting really confused. No,
2: no, no.
0: They're just presenting... Like, yeah. in the hex, they're presenting yeah. Evan Peters as Pietro, but yeah. what is interesting about the beginning of this episode is in the previously on WandaVision section... They actually show the clip of Aaron Taylor Johnson, yeah,
1: yeah, um, as yeah. Pietro.
0: So they are acknowledging, they are literally acknowledging that they have recast, you know. Uh,
1: yeah, because what you guys, I was getting confused by what you guys were saying in the WhatsApp, and I was like, nah. I, I, I was like, I'm convinced you guys are. Also, <clears>
0: oh,
1: <throat> actually, yeah, just leave it at that for now. Also, but, yeah. Chris,
0: um, if you've rewatched it recently, does Darcy say? They have recast him, or she has recast him.
1: Oh, good question. I think she
0: says she.
1: Um, he said, I've written it down. I literally wrote it down. She says she recast. She literally said she recast Pietro. Mm.
0: Okay, because if it was a they, then it would suggest that maybe Wanda isn't in control. But this is what we've sort of been fluctuating between for the last few episodes: is is Wonder in control? How much is she in control? Is someone maybe behind it? Because. What? obviously you know the last episode you had agnes sort of being like oh let me redo this or is that okay you know sort of uh, asking wanda as if she was like the director and again in this episode you get herb saying something similar Um,
1: herb said herb said do you want do you want something changed question and question mark i've written
2: yeah Um, what was that in response to
1: so she said she was asking him about vision and Mm. he said oh vision's not on patrol tonight and she was about to say something and then she went, oh, uh, and then he went, are you OK, Wanda? And then she was like, she said something else. And then he goes, do you want me to change? Do, do, uh, he went, do you want something changed? OK. As if to say like exactly like what Agnes did, do you want something changed? That's how okay. I saw it. I also, I'm still of the opinion that he was saying stuff faster than Pietro was doing it as well. Just saying. But fast, mm, this... but you don't, even if he's fast, you don't see something happen before he's done it. So it's like he was giving, it was like Herb was giving the cues. So to begin with, Pietro stole the sweets and and, and Herb went, Pietro stole the sweets. And then before Pietro had smashed the pumpkins or done the city string or done the other thing, Herb had said it before it happened.
2: Yeah, I can see completely what you're saying, but... um. Because I, I'm, I didn't catch what you two caught in terms of her might maybe being part of this whole um, facade or whatever. So that what you're saying does lend to the theory that he might be involved in it in some way. But then um, I just took it as Pietro being like as a as like a sitcomy sort of vibe. Pietro, it's like it being funny that Pietro is so fast that he's doing these things before the things even happen. That's how I took it. But again, I could be completely wrong okay so obi what was your thoughts on the episode and any kind of key
0: questions or things that you picked up on
2: um similarly to chris i think it's a good episode but i think the last two episodes have been better um so yeah not to say that it's bad but um i think the last two episodes kind of left you with a few moments where like oh wow like or oh god like i can't believe this is happening or something like that this episode didn't really do that maybe towards the end when you're like okay what's gonna happen with the Hex expanding and stuff, um, I, I didn't love it, but I did, I did like it, I think some of the questions, that are, that are, more posed in this thing, I suppose, on the outside of the Hex, they kind of, um, lead towards, I can't, I keep saying this, The sword guy, I was really annoyed because I want to know his name, I think it's maybe Tom or something, Tom something, the guy who's head of sword, they think obviously, clearly he's up to something, um, Darcy's hacking whatever and found out that he had footage of something else. He didn't share it with anybody, blah, blah, blah. So that guy's up to something. Curious to know what that is. Obviously, like you say, they're going to see the space engineer. Clear to see who that is. Um, in terms of what's going on inside the hex, I think it's it was interesting to see Agnes th- freezing up outside close to the when she was close to the wall. Because obviously, uh, we've all and plenty of others I'm sure have theorised that she's part of whatever's going on inside the Hex but she seemed to be not able to control uh, what she was doing so I don't know if maybe it's a case of um, she was faking it maybe or, because I, I have a feeling that she might be I feel like everything she does kind of intentionally impacts what Vision does and how more much more conscious Vision becomes of what's going on um, so even in this episode when he sees her on, on the outskirts of the thing um, her doing him pressing on her head and her talking about whatever, whatever she talked about prompted him to cut to keep going towards the hex and go try and push outside of it. So I don't know if that's I don't know if she's maybe just in here to try and cause some sort of chaos or if she actually was under um, if, she, if she actually is under the control of this hex like everybody else. But it doesn't seem that way.
1: Oh, I'm I'm wondering whether I think she's playing the fool a little bit and I'm wondering whether she's using I
2: vision.
1: So, so. I, I reckon she's using vision to test Wanda's powers a little bit. I think so as well. Because, um, yeah, I just like just because I'm literally I'm literally at the point in the episode where you're talking about and she immediately says, help me. But I think it's maybe a bit um, symbolism or metaphorical or what's the other word? She's like, she's literally dressed as a witch. So it makes me feel like. Yeah,
0: (laughs) yeah. It's a a bit on the nose. Yeah. Mm. I mean, um, just just to jump in there, like all of the, the main cast's Uh, costumes in this episode are kind of taken from like the old school comics, Mm. um, including uh, Wick and Speed and Pietro. So Mm. it does lend itself that, you know, I think one of you were saying a couple of weeks ago that in the comics there's an Agatha who is a witch. And Mm. so, yeah, it's a bit sort of saying like, yeah, you know, lending credence to that uh, theory. I just want to say the um, director of SWORD is called Tyler Hayward. Tyler. Tyler, that's, that's it. Uh, we'll try Tom. and remember that, but yeah. uh, <laughs> to. But um, yeah.
1: I, you know you're saying this is the naughties, right? You reckon it's the naughties, yeah? Yeah. I think there's. I think there's um, either it was differently uh, aired in America, or they're on purposely doing things wrong to show that Wanda's not fully in control. But on the cinema. Although, actually, I don't know how long films used to be in the cinema in the 90s. But Parent I
2: Trap and Incredibles come out years apart, I'm pretty sure. Yeah,
1: Parent Trap's 1998, and The Incredibles yeah.
2: is 2004. Yeah,
0: that's that's what threw me, because I presumed this would be a 90s episode. But mm. the intro was very Malcolm in the Middle, which is uh, came out in the year 2000. Mm. And then, like you said, you've got Parent Trap, which was late 90s, and Incredibles, early noughties. So I'm wondering if they're blending the two, because yeah. maybe... Maybe from a sitcom point of view, they were quite similar. I don't know.
2: I think... Uh, sorry, just to interrupt you. I think it is like a mishmash, of two because um, to be fair, I didn't catch the Malcolm in the Middle thing, but now that I, wa- I watch the Malcolm in the Middle intro on YouTube again, and they are very, very similar. So, yeah, I think obviously that's an homage to that. But I think the whole... Um, after the intro, the kids doing the monologue shit, that's something that started in the 90s. I remember watching it first with like Sister Sister, and that's like 1993. So I think that's a thing where obviously happens in Malcolm in the Middle as well but obviously that's that's something that they would have gotten from 90s sitcoms as well so I think this is like just a blended they're probably thinking oh shit run out of episodes so we need to start mixing decades kind of thing um and I would reckon that some of the stuff that was in last episode which was 80s probably had some early 90s stuff in it too
0: yeah I mean maybe this is to suggest that um you know there's a the contraction of time is a contraction of Wanda's power I don't know mm. maybe maybe there's something in that we don't know or maybe like you said it is just a time constraint thing um, but yeah I mean we did sort of suggest after the first couple of episodes that towards the last few episodes of the series they'll probably there'll be less sitcom stuff more it will blend between like a, you know the sword part and the sitcom part and we're sort of seeing this now yeah. Particularly with the hex extending, and this is another thing which sort of suggests that Wanda is in quite a lot of control because she then herself expands the hex considerably, mm. um, and it seems relatively easy for her. So her powers are ev- evidently quite large.
2: Um, I'm curious to know if she, um, if because um, obviously in this episode before previously we hadn't seen any children. Um, then Vision asked in the last episode, "Where are all the children?" In this episode, we get loads of children. Pietro makes a point of that, saying, like, nice touch, adding in the children kind of thing. I'm wondering if uh, it consumes more and more of her power um, the more people she's controlling kind of thing. Maybe that's why she didn't add, she didn't have children in there um, to keep her power levels up. But then, obviously, she's gone and expanded the whole fucking thing. So I don't really know. (laughs) Now I don't don't really know how powerful she is. It doesn't seem to
0: have weakened her very much. Yeah.
1: I was going to say, I'm literally on that I'm literally on that point now and he's saying like he's saying about the ethical point of view of it but he's like impressed by her powers mm. and he said like,
2: did you keep and the kids and stuff the things that Pietro has been saying in this episode as well like makes the way he's what he's saying and the way he's saying it it makes me think that uh, obviously that's not and we're not supposed to believe that that's Pietro um because he's saying some stuff and it's like like I know what you're up to kind of thing and it seems quite sinister so I'm curious to know who that's going to end up being, because it's obviously not Pietro yeah. and it's not the X-Men geezer either, so it must be somebody completely different.
1: I reckon they've got this world's actor version of him and then they're going to coincidentally link it to X-Men maybe, or he's suddenly going to get his X-Men powers from the being inside the void.
2: He's already got powers.
1: Oh yeah, true. Yeah, but he might have got them as he got... Oh yeah,
0: that's a good point, yeah. I, I do, I do, I, I like Evan Peters as an actor, and I like uh Pietro. So I would like to see him continue in the canonical MCU. Um I also didn't mind Aaron Taylor Johnson. Um but yeah. I can't I can't imagine he's gonna come back. But there was I did like the touch of the kick ass reference. Yeah, that was... Obviously Evan Peters in there uh Aaron Taylor Johnson. But I don't know, this, this series is surprising me so much because Marvel have never been that on the nose about things. Mm. Um you know, referencing kick-ass, to me, is like breaking, like, not even the fourth wall. It's 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 actually saying, like, we, we know that both of these people are actors, which obviously we as an audience know that. But normally in film, it's sort of like kick-ass wouldn't exist because mm. this character is, you know played by that actor so I don't know what's going on there maybe it was just a nice little reference but I think um, it was
2: just a reference I don't think it was any reference to the, to the film in any way I think it was just a little nod to like the fans like oh yeah we know they're they, both these kids kick ass I'm pretty
1: sure he says it, they say kick ass twice as well just yeah they do it.
2: the kid says it and then Wanda says it as well
1: yeah proper emphasise the fact that because yeah. they are both in it aren't they they are both in kick ass they're both, kick-ass they're
2: as both well. in it yeah kick ass yeah. and ass kick
1: and ass kick yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no he's not ass kick is he not no if they recast him Oh did they? Oh sure. Oh. Because um, he went he
0: went to do X-Men. Oh. So on Pietro, uh, I I I know I'm labouring this cameo point, but Elizabeth Olsen said it, so I'm holding her to it. So Pietro is in this episode quite a lot. Presumably will still be in it in the next episode, mm. I'm just assuming. So that leads me to suggest that he is this is not a cameo. This is more than a cameo. So Again, mm-hmm. tell me I'm just har- haranguing on about this for no reason, but should we still expect a cameo? Should we expect, whether, whether we can debate till the cows come home whether whoever it ends up being is a Luke level or not, but do we expect another cameo, and do you think it will be this mystery space engineer?
2: Um, I think we are going to get somebody. Um, I have a question, though, actually. Um, does it count as a cameo if it's, if it's a face that we've never seen before? Yeah. Okay, I'm just checking. But uh, um,
0: a cameo to me
2: is like a, a small, a short kind okay. of like guest appearance, essentially. Cool. Okay, fair enough. But um, I think we will get somebody. I think he'll end up being whoever this engineer person is. I think will be the I don't know of it all. But uh, like we were sa- like you were saying, um, how many weeks ago when Elizabeth Olsen first said this, we are setting ourselves up for disappointment because if it whoever it is, we're going to be like, oh, okay. Like I think, because there's no... Especially with the way she set it up by saying Luke level, there's not going to be anyone... In my opinion, there's not anyone who they could show who would be a Luke Skywalker, Mandalorian level comparison. So whoever it is, we're going to be like, oh, okay, fair enough. And if it ends up being no one else, we're going to be like, oh, okay, it was just Evan Peters. So then yeah. we're going to be like, oh. Mm. So it's a kind of like a lose-lose, <laughs> to be honest Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, so if we saw the
1: two... Us together that's not luke level if we see john krasinski or the old person who plays mr fantastic that's not luke level either nope
2: no especially sure? because they already said there's going to be a fantastic four film so it does they take away the element of surprise in my opinion
1: yeah it's true no, it's it's just... that's
2: the problem what, what we, I love... we saw Mister charles xavier yeah, that's not Luke. that's great, but it's just not it's not Luke level in my opinion. That's why they fucked up by saying no. that. that's not it's not Luke level.
1: Yeah, but have they fucked up because they've got people wanting to watch it to find out what a Luke level thing is?
2: Yeah, I think they have because in any because it would have been better if you kept it as a surprise. Yeah, and true. Any, and any way you give it now, it's going to be in my opinion, it's going to be a disappointment. Yeah.
1: Um. Well, I love. Yeah, go on.
0: I was going to say what I love about the show is obviously all the theories and. So many of them are going to be completely wrong. But so there was someone on Twitter and they were like, OK, well, today today's episode, episode six, was 90s noughties. So it suggests that the next episode will be late noughties, early tens, potentially. And they were like, what came out in the late noughties, early tens? The American office. And who's in the American office? John Krasinski. And they're all less like, they're thinking it's going to be an office style episode where John Krasinski turns out to be captain whatever his fucking face is and i was just like i was like that is so far-fetched but i really like the thought that goes into it you know people breaking down literally everything and so i mean
1: didn't quite catch the first part would you say
0: they were sort of linking the american office and john krasinski being in that to potentially introducing him as mr fantastic in
2: oh that's cool if they could pull that off that'd be really funny
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean yeah i i I don't think that's going to happen um also we're now in the final three episodes which um paul Bettany has already said is going to be more kind of like an action marvel film and with these episodes reportedly being close to an hour um including the very very long credits um it should be you know the total running time across the three will probably be you know just over two hours so um Hopefully, hopefully, uh, we do get some good action and stuff. I, I still don't really know where it's going because we've debated whether Wanda is gonna be the villain or a villain of Doctor Strange two. So does she come out of this, you know, more evil, more powerful? Are we gonna see Mephisto? I mean, how do you guys see it? I mean, I know I ask you to call it every episode, but the more info we get, the more accurate will hopefully be what what do you think um
2: i think i think i feel like they might throw us a curveball in that um we we maybe the next two episodes we lead up to the suspicion that wanda is being controlled or she doesn't have fully full control of what's going on everything around but in the end, it turns out actually she does. I, th- I think that Wonder might be the villain of Doctor Strange. I think. Um, so I reckon that something something mad's gonna happen. I reckon it's gonna involve her children, um, and that's gonna cause her to go nuts. Um, I think it's gonna be something to do with that. I think um, Monica Rambo is probably gonna have powers in the next two three episodes, or some sort of something fucked up's gonna happen to her because of the molecular molecular structure change that we were talking about a, a minute ago. Um, Vision's gonna die again. I think Vision. I think Chris said in, in the chat, and I agree with him. I think Vision might sacrifice himself in some way to help Wanda escape. Um, but I'm curious to know what. Um, so his vision, his vision is dead, right? Because when he, as soon as he came out of the hex, he was dying. So he's yeah. dead, right? But do you, yeah. Did
1: you notice that his the Infinity Stone was on his head, and the Infinity Stone didn't disintegrate as he came out of the hex?
2: Mm.
1: That's a bit odd. Well, the even. Infin- the infinity stone is um shouldn't be on him should be shouldn't on be on him. him yeah exactly yeah yeah but yeah. it's on his head like i literally just watched it and it's on his head and it doesn't disintegrate mm. also i want to make the point that um pietro goes it's not like your your dead husband dead husband can die twice mm. before she blasts him away mm. and then um yeah so i i yeah i think he's dead but i think because they all see they talk about that thing cataract they find in the, the, the the
2: screen, right? Cataract. I don't remember that. Can you enlighten me? I can't so
1: uh, when Darcy's investigating some shit,
2: mm-hmm. she looks
1: up Hayward. She notices there's a file called cataract. Okay. And obviously cataract's something to do with the the lens of your eye, or like I think it's double yeah. vision or something. Okay. Which in case double vision, I mean it's yeah. a long shot, but like obviously
2: two visions. Yeah. But could trying be, to, could or trying could to be a code name to me. Could be a code of operation, cataracts, or something like.
1: That? I also just noticed now, because obviously I'm re-watching it as we're talking, to just try and find any more bits we can talk about. But when she blasts Pietro away after he says about your husband can't die twice, um, I noticed the tombstones had names on. In the background, the the, the set tombstones that are just like meant to be, um, just for ornament's sake for everyone in the the village. Mm-hmm. One says Janelle M. Sammelman. Samu- who I believe is the assistant director of.
2: Oh shit! She is
1: the assistant director of Sword
2: or Shield. I've never had that name in my life.
1: Well, no, I, I just looked it up. Second unit director or assistant director. Oh
2: well.
1: And then there was another one called Doctor Rivers, and I I couldn't find anyone called Doctor Rivers, so I didn't know if that was linked
0: mm, to a, it. A second unit director is normally like a film term.
2: Oh really? Oh yeah. right.
1: Can, um, forget it then. It, so it
2: might be it might, that might be connected to how they, like, at the... Uh, I don't know if they still do it now, but the first two episodes, they did the end credits and they were just, like, for the end credits for the show and they were just, like, made-up names.
1: Oh, uh, OK. Think. Fair I enough, might be yeah. to, so
2: It might be linked, linked to that, maybe.
1: OK. Because... Yeah, fair enough, then. Uh, but, yeah. That's... Yeah. But so the cataract thing, I think there's something going on there with S.W.O.R.D. because um, Darcy looked it up. But, obviously, she's not going to be able to tell anyone because she's now being absorbed
0: idea uh, thing mm. so if Wanda turns out to be a villain in Doctor Strange 2 do you expect her to come back to the light you know as it were because normally for a villain um, a few exceptions they either die or have to become good I mean yeah. I, I don't I, I don't really see them investing so much time in Wanda's character in this series so then it end up killing her
2: off at the end of Doctor Strange 2 I, are we at, I, go, on, yeah. sorry, go on. no you go mate go on I was like uh, the point you say about um, investing in uh, Wanda's character are we at the point now where do uh, do we feel empathy for Wanda right now or, or no because I don't <laughs> I'm not going to lie not
0: really because we're sort of theorising that this is hot all because of her grief but she's yeah. not really expressed that much grief yeah she, you know, she's not shown much vulnerability, weakness, or anything like that. So it's quite tough to feel too much empathy
2: for. I feel like it might be a thing where, like you say about the grief, I feel like maybe that, that all comes to a head in the next couple of episodes where she's like properly grieving. And then she has like a turn where she's like, I'm not going to let this happen to me again. And then she becomes all evil and shit. And then I don't know. I feel like one of these kids might die or something. Because they know, like, obviously, the, uh, she was a twin, one of their twins died. And I reckon one of these twins might die. And then that and then that sends her into a fucking spiral of madness. Well, a multiverse of madness, something might say. If
0: we um continue the kind of comic thread, I don't know which one it is, House, House of, of I think it is. So in that, she does manifest two children, mm. and um, but when her manifestation ends the children also disappear and she i think i might be wrong but i think she then makes a deal with mephisto to bring them back in real life and that's when they become wiccan and speed um so i i wonder if they'll go along with that because we are getting strong suggestions of mephisto i mean pietro says in this episode refers to them as devil spawn Mm. um agnes is obviously in her witch costume um so I'm wondering, yeah, when maybe, maybe episode eight, the hex is gone or even episode nine, her children then disappear. Vision disappears. And then she sort of thinks, right, she's in her desperation. She's like, OK, yeah,
1: I, this... I, I I don't think the kids are going to disappear because Monica Rambeau made uh, implication that the kids were real.
0: What did she say? Oh,
1: it was in the previous episode. uh, Mate. That is that is a long shot to ask me if I remember what she said. Um let me just look it up. I'll see if I can find it.
0: Any thoughts on, on that? Oh, he's on mute.
1: Anyway, I, I've got a different point actually as um Um I I don't think Wanda's gonna be the villain of the next one, because the multiverse of madness makes me feel like they're going to open doors to the multiverse. And I don't. I, maybe she opens them. It almost makes me think, actually, that she's maybe not necessarily the villain, but she's a misguided person trying to get people back. So maybe, in the case of what you're saying, maybe she either loses her children, or she loses vision again. And then she starts realising she got told about her powers, and then she starts opening Different universal doors, and then that could link also to Pietro here, because if he is the Pietro from a different universe, then maybe he wants to go back at some point when he when he snaps out of it. I
2: yeah. know. Um, can and I can I interrupt really quickly? Yeah. Sorry, because um, I was on mute a second ago, and Glen asked about, or you uh, you two are mentioning about the um, the things, the bit happening in the in the bubble being real life. There is a line. I think Chris, you are right. There was a line. I think maybe two episodes ago, where um, Monica says something or other about things that are created in there are then real or something like that. There is a lot. I can't remember what it was, but you, I do remember hearing this something similar. So um, I think these, I think these twins, if the um, hex ceases to exist, I think they will be real people, real characters. I think. Okay. Can I also say I'm still wondering what the hell happened to this uh, the guy in the bee suit. <laughs> <laughs> we're never going to find out are we <laughs> no. but, I mean Chris you make a good point about Pietro you know if
0: he has come from a different universe and somehow has been manifested in here then it makes sense that he might also be under some level of mind control Um, and he so, did... he... Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. so he might when the hex is over might be like hey where the hell am I you know where's uh, Sansa and where's uh... Sansa James McAvoy, you know.
2: <laughs> Sansa. <laughs> You're an idiot. You're you incorporating Game of Thrones, X-Men and real life. <laughs> You're an idiot. But no, I was going to say that um, he does say, um, I don't know if, if you said this already, Chris, but um, Pietro does say, last thing I remember was um, three getting shot in the chest and then I heard you calling me and then I ended up here. So I don't know if that's a thing where...
1: Got it literally written down for you, OB. Oh,
2: sorry. Got Go
1: on. I got shot like a chump on the streets for no reason at all. Next thing I know, I heard you calling me. I knew you needed me.
2: Right. So I don't know if that's a thing where... I'm curious to know if that, what he said there, is sincere or if that's a lie. I well, don't know.
1: Well, the previous thing he said would imply that that might not be that sincere.
2: Because right.
1: he goes, came to town unexpectedly, create tension with the brother-in-law, stir up trouble with the Rugrats and give you grief. I mean, that's what you wanted, isn't it? That's what he says. Mm. I
2: yeah. think so. so yeah.
1: Yeah. He's a actor too. But yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. This, is good, a- this is good. This good writing, I think, because we're yeah. it's posing lots of questions.
1: Mm. Um. Question. What the hell was the uh yo was it yo shark advert about? Yo magic. Yeah. What the fuck was
2: that? Again, <laughs> You had a theory, didn't you?
0: Oh god, so this is a theory I saw on Twitter, but essentially if, if all the adverts are somehow manifestations of like some form of wonder subconscious so the advert is a kid deserted on a desert island and he's hungry, a shark gives him yo magic yogurt um, uh, but the kid can't get the lid off and eventually dies so it suggests that if he had eaten the yogurt he would have survived so they are now and this is a long stretch but bear with me so the theory that I saw on Twitter suggested that they are now linking magic with life the yo magic with the yogurt would have sustained this little boy's life because there's been the whole thing throughout this series can Wanda actually create life mm. like obviously without giving birth but you know manifest life of real organic matter vision is a synthasoid so she can probably reanimate him some way mm. but there's this whole thing about can she create life or re uh, resurrect life mm. um and i think that's what this advert was trying to suggest is you know magic can't bring life because he was this kid was unable to open the yogurt lid <laughs> so
2: some, someone evidently got an a on their media studies but I was thinking it might be um, also related to like just vision in general, in that basically vision might be, uh, like that kid might have been a metaphor for vision, and that without that wanders magic, he will die. <laughs> but that was just what I thought. But yeah, your, your, your theory sounds better. <laughs> uh,
0: I, I don't want to take credit for that theory. Uh, I, can't, I have to credit someone on Twitter, but sorry, I can't remember. That
2: person's theory sounds better.
0: Yeah. I'm trying to find out, I'm trying to quickly Google whether... Quicksilver in the X-Men films was ever shot or shot at he
2: got no i remember his his leg got broken um i i, I don't think he was ever shot at um like and, and the bullet actually hit him obviously he was getting shot at in the first class or maybe days of future past where he did the whole kitchen scene and he moved the bullets around all that shit but he didn't actually get shot in that um but yeah, no, he had he did that, he had his leg broken, but I don't think he ever actually got shot. I think Dark Phoenix fucked him up once as well. Spite so, well, I can not remember. Cancer. Cancer? Sansa. Oh
0: Sansa. <laughs> <laughs> I, was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna say. That's a miss <laughs> that, uh, mis- here, that is, definitely.
1: Oh. <laughs> Apparently um, Men's Health Reckon, Yo Magic Commercial, Wonder Vision warns of impending death.
2: Okay.
0: I okay, guess so you could. Say, I mean, it's a little boy, isn't it? So your your suggestion about one of the twins dying could be legitimate. Um, so Monica, um, her DNA has been altered twice. There's. Mm. Um, you think Obi? She's then going to get powers. I, I mean, so, yeah. does, would that stretch to Darcy and all these other Sword agents?
2: I'm uh, curious. Go on, Chris. Sorry. I think you're going to say the same thing. Go on.
1: No, you go, you go for it, mate. Cause it's to you. Close to you, so you go I,
2: through it. I was just gonna say, I think one, uh, they make the uh, Darcy point of saying that, um, what's her name? Fucking hell. Monica, went through the thing twice, the four, the hex twice. So her her molecules have been rearranged twice, two times, I think they say. So I reckon maybe it might not happen to everyone else unless they all go through it twice. Maybe that's oh. just my. That that's that's
1: kind of what I was gonna say. I was gonna okay. say as in she's the only one who's actually like exited it. Right. So like if Wanda just takes down the barrier, my assumption is that people in the barrier don't get affected by the barrier touching them. Mm. Mm. as they exit. So as long as no one else exits, I think Monica's the only one who's gonna get the power So that technically is what you're saying. She's gone yeah. through it. therefore.
2: But I do think the way that this thing's expanding, um, this hex is expanding I feel like... Mm, do I. Uh, just to be if, if it was me of my own free free thinking and not any outside influence, I would think that this would is almost certainly going to lead to mutants in some way, shape, or form. But the fact that... I'm just using... To be us, Disney could just be like duping us, but the fact that Disney have barely entered anything X-Men related in any of like their invest, announcements or anything like that makes me think that they're not going to get to the X-Men for a while. Um, but I could be... So it makes me think that maybe it's not... This isn't going to lead to anything X Men related, um, but I hope it does. Maybe they're just keeping it keeping it stum so that we we are surprised. That'd be great, to be honest. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I hope I think it will lead to definitely her getting powers and maybe somebody else getting powers who maybe then becomes a, a, an antagonist for uh, the team. Sword, whoever. I don't know, but they, and they'd be like an evil person kind of thing.
0: Yeah, I think it I think it would make a lot of sense for them to use this as an opportunity to introduce mutants. Um, Mm. I mean, it's probably the most, the least, uh, probably the least contrived way of doing it, I think. Mm. Um, And but also, you know, if she does sort of create this multiverse or whatever, you'd get maybe an Xavier from another universe would know how to control mutants you know you could this could lead in loads of different directions and I think it would make a lot of sense um I think you could also then in the future um down the line like like you said if there is a villain who is a mutant they could you know be like oh yeah I was in Westview at the time but we, yeah. just, didn't, we just didn't focus on them during WandaVision so because you know the initial Wonder uh, Westview population was about 3,000 and we've only seen a handful of characters. So, mm. you know, now she's expanded it to who knows how much further. Um, yeah, it makes make a lot of sense. Um, and I think also, I mean, yes, Marvel release, you know, titles to build hype. But I think that they've also got enough credit in the bank that they could just slip a, you know, slip a backdoor kind of pilot or backdoor way of the mutants when was the last time they did
2: that sorry just curious when was the time they did something and and it wasn't planned or announced months or years ahead have they ever done that i don't think so interesting it'd be Ah. really cool if they did but i just don't see it
0: yeah yeah i yeah i don't know um but you know like like i think with the ages of the the actors who were in the most recent X-Men franchise and like I think I've said before the sort of audiences have got to know them whether the films are great or not like it's sort of by the by I think people agree that James McElroy was a pretty good Charles Xavier I think the films themselves were bad the
2: actors probably weren't um, I don't think they're that bad just put that out there that's your that's your opinion continue
0: no, no, I don't think the actors are bad. I'm saying the films are bad. No, I don't think the film's
2: are bad either. <laughs> I, think oh. the, I, think, I think the film's are okay. Gen, 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 ranging from okay to, to pretty good. But yeah, I, I think First Class and Days of Future Past are good. I just thought
0: Apocalypse and Dark Phoenix were average. Um, yeah. But, you, you know, you could... Those actors are of an age, like, they can just run with them for a while. But you could utilise them, yeah, definitely. Because who of, you know, those similar ages, which I presume they'll want to cast people... Who are in their late twenties, early thirties, sort of thing. Um,
2: do they have to cast well-known people? Or can no, they, they
0: don't. They don't have to. Mm. But um, I think to a, the X Men is is going to be a property that people will go and see regardless of who's in it. I think, mm. but it also doesn't harm them to, you know, um, I think if you see what they try to do with, and I know this wasn't Kevin Feige's Marvel, but with the Josh Trank Fantastic Four. Mm. They cast actors who were recognizable but at that point probably weren't like super famous. Someone's arse. I know, but you know <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think I think I think, you know, apart from the X Men films, a lot of those actors probably aren't super well known um, yeah. apart from one or two things. So obviously sophie turner was in game of thrones but apart from that like not much else i mean she doesn't have loads of time to do anything else but yeah. you know I, I think they could if it was me i'd be like look we've already got this asset these assets here keep, keep going you know um but we shall see yeah. um chris i'm conscious of time for you is there anything you want to mention uh, quickly on one no. division no.
1: I kind of looked for the Rambo comment from the last episode, but I can't find it. So no, I'm good with the One Division.
0: Probably. Okay.
1: To, but I'll be honest, I don't have too much to say about the film I, I watched.
0: <laughs> Malcolm and Marie.
1: Yeah.
2: Okay.
0: Well, Obi, is there anything else you want to discuss on One Division before we move on?
2: Um, no. I think I was saying to you um, we were chatting about the thing show briefly, and I just said that. This is one of the few shows that I'm watching, and where I like only see there's like ten minutes left. I'm like, oh, fuck's sake, like there's only ten minutes left. Um, so I've, I really, this clearly is like a, indicated to me that this is like quite a show. A show that I really do enjoy, um, and I think the people who are writing it. I've no idea who who if it's written by individual people per episode of if this whole thing's written by one person. But I think they are, are writing it really well in the fact that we're not able to predict what's going on, like no one, I don't think anyone is confident in any theory that they have <laughs> that I've heard <either. Okay. laughs> anyway, everyone's just kind of like second guessing, second guessing themselves so I think that's a sign of good writing unpredictability is key mm. so yeah well, that's all that, so,
0: um, so it, this series is created by Jack Schaefer who um, she wrote for Captain Marvel she um, also wrote Black Widow and okay. is writing Vision. So, yeah. It's, uh, it's also directed by... trying to see if he's done anything else. Matt Shackman. Um, he's directed some Game of Thrones. Is he doing anything else Marvel-related? Mm. Let's see. Well, he's also done some of the boys. Okay. Uh, doesn't say anything else on his Wikipedia page, but hey-ho. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I guess from uh, most actors nowadays have been in some Marvel related franchise <laughs> and Zendaya is no different.
2: Um, oh, it's clean. I like it.
0: <laughs> so Malcolm and Marie is a black and white film um, shot and released during the COVID-19 pandemic. It is a two-hander featuring Zendaya and uh john david washington directed by sam levinson um so it's a it's billed as a romantic drama (laughs) um i would probably argue uh, a romantic horror film (laughs) argumentative (laughs) drama yeah um so basically the, the, the plot is that uh they both come home after the premiere of malcolm's film um and he's on a high you know it was well received uh she makes a mac and cheese and um for the almost entirety of the hour 45 minute runtime they argue uh for varying you know different reasons uh and to varying levels of eloquency but uh Chris you said you don't have too much to say on this but um what were your thoughts um
1: so first of all not I'm not the biggest fan of like black and white like films, so it takes me a while to like get engaged with them. But I was engaged, right? The first 10, 15 minutes until I realised this whole film was going to be an argument. Both <laughs> so acted fantastically, right? I cannot have any issues with their acting. I don't. But like me, it's not a film. That I liked. Um, I liked the fact it was stuck in one scenario. I, I didn't, I didn't really have an issue with it. It just, I think, think became a bit repetitive, right? I agree. And I feel like we had no real, we had no real end goal in my mind. There was no real end goal besides her wanting a proper "I'm sorry," and even then, I wasn't sure she was even satisfied. Um, but maybe I'm missing the point. maybe the point is that he should treat her better and give her the credit that she deserves, and I suppose he could say vice versa she should give him a bit more credit than he wants i don't i i don't i genuinely like my my issue is I don't know what the point of it was
2: <laughs> the do films need a point
1: no, but like I don't know just like maybe maybe in my head I wanted an end goal
2: as in you wanted a resolution
1: yeah I guess okay. like I knew like there was points where when she got the knife and she started acting like she was going crazy I knew she was faking it I knew it like um and like I thought it was a bit bizarre when she just disappeared and then she was saying she went for a wee outside I, I, it was slightly peculiar I couldn't tell if they were both drunk. He was drunk. He wasn't drunk. I assumed he was drunk. Um, they, well, I think she's a
2: she's sub- substance abuser, so I imagine she wouldn't have been drunk. Oh, true. Yeah. Um, it
1: was interesting. Not a film for me. It was interesting.
2: Um,
1: so, both acted great. I think they're both fantastic actors Actors anyway. Actors, actresses. I think they're
2: both good anyway.
1: Um, yeah, it was okay. I don't know what your
2: opinion of it yeah Should I go next or no? yeah yeah go for it um i so tell me if i'm missing a point here if there's no, a point no, to be fair i don't think you are chris um i liked it more than you did i think i i in general like the film um i agree with you that i think it is a bit repetitive uh because it's pretty much apart from um malcolm's Ten-minute rant. I don't know if it was ten minutes. Might have be been more uh, about the that writer from the LA Times, whoever that that writer might be. Um. Uh, I've got a little f- um, funny thing about that when we come to it, actually. Um. Apart from that, it was literally an hour and forty-five minutes of two people arguing. Um, which it can be a lot to, is it's a lot to digest. I think because there wasn't really anything to break up the scenes either. Um. I was saying to Glenn before I watched the film that I was hoping to see. Some acting, acting from John David Washington because I don't. Before this, I felt like he's really wooden and uh, lacks a bit lacks charisma. From the two things I've seen him in, which is Black Alchemist and Tenet, I think he hasn't really got the charisma. it Might be my fault because maybe I'm comparing him to his dad. I don't know, um, but I don't think he. I never thought came out of both either of the films, thinking that he was the strongest actor. Um, I think in this film he actually was able to show some range, um, maybe a bit of comedy, um, some some anger you know, and some actual dramatic purpose. Um, where well, I didn't think he gave that or was given anything like that in the other two films that I've seen him in. So I enjoyed him in this role. I enjoyed Zendaya in this role, but I already knew that she is a good actress. Um, so I wasn't worried about her, her. I was more worried about him. Um, she, Zendaya, her character, Marie, is pretty much, if, you, if you've if you seen Euphoria, I don't know if you have, but Euphoria, is a she's the main character in that TV show written by the same person. And her character, Marie in this, could literally just be a grown-up version of her character in Euphoria. Um, uh, not that that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I'm just saying that like, you could see it as a continuous like, continuation of that character, just under a different name. Um, I think from the first <laughs> five minutes of the film where <laughs> John, John Dave Washington is like really happy about the whole film premiere thing, and you can see Zendaya's face and you can tell she's like fed up with this guy already. I'm like, oh, this is going to be a drama, isn't it? I had no idea what this film was about. And then obviously, like you said, Chris, after about 15, 20 minutes, you you realise that it's just going to be an hour 45 of them arguing. And you do get, um, I think, a glimpse into what some, probably a lot of relationships are like in terms of like abuse, like not physical abuse, but emotional abuse from, from both of them, from Malcolm in particular, but from both of them. Um... And the main thing that I took away from the film is that I would never, ever, 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 ever be in a relationship like this because this is disgusting. Like I could never handle yeah. being in a relationship like this. This is horrible. Like if I was either of them, I would have left that night. Um and there are a few moments where I, I did. Agree. Yeah. Sorry. There are a few moments where I did laugh, I think. And I don't know if that's um if that was a purposeful thing or if that's something that I just happened to laugh by accident, like him whole eating the mac and cheese and stuff like that. I thought was hilarious, um, and then obviously you get the the rant of um, of Malcolm about how people um, review and dictate films by black directors and how he's compared to only black directors and blah 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 blah. And Glenn sent me an article about um, by a black uh, art, uh, black writer about the film, criticizing the film for basically saying that um, should these views. Or opinions come from come from a white director trying to um, trying to give a voice the voice of a of a black person if that makes any if I if I butchered that sorry yeah. um, and I thought it was really interesting actually that um, but we can get to that in a minute but yeah overall um, I quite enjoyed it um, but I wouldn't watch it again no no fucking way <laughs> <laughs> I would
0: sorry. I would say that um, I this is, it's not a bad film, mm. but I didn't enjoy it because mm. it was absolutely exhausting to watch. Yeah, like, some, sometimes you can watch a two-hour film or a t- film over two hours, and you think, oh, that went quite quickly. And I think Greenland is an example of that, you know, uh, the film that we'll talk about later with Gerard Butler. Like, but this one, because it's such a heavy drama... Like, there was literally, it was unrelenting. Mm-hmm. There was, apart from the, a brief maybe five-minute scene where Malcolm and Marie are sort of play, playing and kissing and sort of, you know, uh, being flirty with each other, that very also very quickly turns into an argument. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I felt the script didn't flow very well between those sorts of uh, pauses in, in drama. It was sort of like, and this was written pretty quickly from from all accounts. That they'd be like, i and kissing," and then all of a sudden, one of them would be like, "You didn't do this," yeah. or, "Or, well, how about this?" And you're like, "Oh my god, this again!" You know, you know, I'm sure we've all had arguments with people, whether it's family, friends, or whatever, and like you think you've got to the end of the argument, and mm-hmm then like five minutes later they're like oh yeah Well, wow, yeah. this and you're like <laughs> oh my god are we still on this and, Ow, that is ex- yeah. and that is exactly how i felt watching this film i was uh, like just say your piece just say it all get oh, it all out god. there don't don't like be like oh yeah we're cool and and i'm not you know and it's the rightest thought but you know when marie's like all i want is a thank you and then it's like, oh, but actually, uh, you didn't give me credit. But actually, I know eventually it all ties back to the thank you. But you're sort of like, oh, just get it out.
2: Mm. I don't
0: like arguing. So it's sort of like, just just say it and then move on. And mm. they were both awful to each other. Malcolm, I think, was a lot more awful to Marie. In, in, and it sort of was uncomfortable from that regard because you've got uh, a male writer-director writing about a male character berating his much younger girlfriend um and then like using her substance abuse against her and Mm. and like bragging about other encounters with exes he's had and stuff Mm. just to hurt her and it was like really uncomfortable Mm. and yeah the first 10-15 minutes i thought oh yeah it was good and then i was like like you said repetitive there was just not really much balance in it um I felt, you know, if it was a bit more, like, if there was maybe a lot more kind of romance and love and affection, you might, it might um, mitigate the arguing a bit more. But apart from a couple of scenes, I was like, God Christ. I, I, I watched it two, have two have... parts.
2: Did you? Oh, oh.
0: To be honest, this could have been a 20 minute episode and and, you'd <laughs> have been, and that was it, you know. Um, yeah. So. i think
2: i think the film could have benefited from being set over maybe a couple of days two three days where you just have breakups maybe malcolm going to the office to write some whatever to get away from marie or marie doing something else or you know i think the whole the fact that it was just a continuous argument i think is to his detriment i think if you had like you say if you have breakup breakups in between maybe where they are a little bit happier and they forget about you know this argument they having and then oh you then maybe Malcolm does something fucked up or Marie does something fucked up and that brings you back to the argument you were in last night, blah, 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 blah. Mm. Might have helped it, you know, be a bit more digestible. I think yeah.
0: I, yeah, I just was like, it
2: was well acted and I
0: think, you know, there might be nomination for mm. one or both of them. I don't know. Maybe. Um, mm. I think, you know, I, I also think the writing i don't know to me it didn't sound like two people genuinely arguing it sort of mm. felt like someone who is very evidently very educated and has quite a large uh kind of um large amount of words in his vocabulary mm. you know when like i think malcolm said something about you're so solipsistic and yeah and i was like fuck me what like, i had to google what that word meant you know mm. it's basically just saying she's arrogant like well, So, people really argue about that. Like, if you are really intense and angry in your arguing, sometimes your words don't come out properly. Sometimes you can't, you trip over what you're trying to say. Because
2: I kind of thought that, um, I do agree that that with your point. I thought that maybe that was kind of a thing where the director was trying to portray, or whoever wrote it, trying to portray Malcolm as, uh, maybe someone who's a bit more like a bit of a poser, maybe. Because he's got this college education, expansive vocabulary, blah 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 blah. But then there's certain moments where he talks, where he he talks in a certain way, where it's like, okay, now I'm back to being black in word commas. Do you know what I mean? And mm. I think it's, I think yeah. Marie, I feel like Marie maybe says something along the lines of him being a fraud or being fake or something like that. So I think that I maybe lend to, lend to that, um, to that narrative possibly. But, mm.
0: I mean. What I mean, you you touched on the article. So this is written and directed by Sam Levinson. Mm. Uh, Sam Levinson is a white man. Um, he's also the son of filmmaker Barry Levinson, who um, did, amongst other things, Good Morning Vietnam. Mm. So I'm not saying that Sam Levinson's career is not based on his own merits, but it cannot harm him in Hollywood to have a father who's also a director. Yeah. So the fact that he's writing and using... Basically, I think this film is is him venting. He's venting about all the things that he is frustrated yeah. with. Uh, whether it's the LA Times critic, uh, one of whom in real life was critical of Assassination Nation. That's what I was going to say. Yeah,
2: um, could, yeah.
0: You know, the fact about... Um, I mean, Malcolm says something about uh, and I'm gonna paraphrase something about even if you aren't from a particular background or culture that doesn't preclude or shouldn't preclude you from That's exactly what I was writing or directing about it. That's exactly what I was gonna
2: say. I think this film is like a ba- basically a massive <laughs> that rat was basically like a massive saying, I should be able I should be able to make whatever film I want. Yeah That's basically what Sam Levinson was saying yeah. through
0: this it, film. What yeah, what he's doing is he he has made a film featuring two uh, African-American actors directed by a white man and he's using it to be like, I should be able to make this film. Mm. And I'm not saying, you know, in my opinion, you can make a film and the cast whoever you want in it. Mm. But I think if you then decide to make a film, which, and, and this comes back to kind of the character of Malcolm talking about Films featuring black people being inherently politicized, mm. but I think if you do make a film political, and that, that's explicitly make it political, not just because there's black people in it, it is political. But I think Sam Levinson does do this by the fact that Malcolm is saying, "I should, you know, I can do a film about whatever I want." Mm. If you are using, Sam Levinson has made a choice to cast John David Washington in that role. And to say that thing.
1: Mm.
0: So to me, that's making it in that regard political. Mm. So he's trying to excuse what he's doing, which you know, if you're if you cast do a film about whatever cast who you want, but when you make it political, you are then suggesting that you know about that experience.
2: Yeah.
0: And I don't think Sam Levinson can know about that experience. He can't empathize or relate to Spike Lee or Barry Jenkins. I mean he uses yeah. the fact that Barry Jenkins isn't gay but made a film about gay black people. Yeah. It's like, well
2: I actually never didn't know that, you know.
0: I but, didn't either.
2: Yeah. But
0: I think okay, you could maybe maybe but it's not a white straight guy creating a film about black gay people. So yeah.
2: But that's the thing, that's that was like a thing where he was like uh, passing the buck kind of thing was like oh I did this, but what about Barry Jenkins? He did this, so I should be able to do this. And it's like, yeah. no, nah, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about you. <laughs> we're talking about you doing this. Like, don't don't bring anyone else into, don't bring anyone else's um arguments into this argument to defend yourself, kind of thing. Yeah, but, yeah, it was a bit, exactly. Yeah. And to be honest, like the focus of his his rants,
0: and I'm using his rants because this is Sam Levinson's voice. Yeah, in my opinion, hundred percent. He's just filtering it through a black man, which is problematic in itself, in my opinion. But he doesn't ever reference Quentin Tarantino, mm. who frequently writes in his scripts uh, racial epithets. Mm. It's not like he. It's not like Tarantino writes a script and Samuel L. Jackson says, "Oh, can I use this word here?" And he's mm. like, "Yeah, that's fine. If you want to use that word and it makes it more authentic, then you do that." No, mm. Tarantino writes that word out, and. Again, I is Sam Levinson going to be like I should be able to write that word? Well, I don't know. I mean, you're not saying it, but you're asking yeah. someone to say it. Yeah. So, and there's a few uses of of the N word in this film, and I don't know whether that's in the actual script.
2: Well, I um do interrupt you, sorry, but um so I think there was uh there was a thing that I was seeing on Twitter that said that Zendaya and John David Washington were given like a bit of um, license to improvise and a bit of input on the script, so maybe that was things that come from there. There was, maybe there were certain things that came from there, um, from their um, creative points of view. But I also think that, like you were saying about um, uh, John Dev Washington's rant being basically Sam Levinson's voice, I I feel like it fe- it feels to me that he kind of said, okay, I'm going to write down this rant to John Devotion. I'm going to write down this rant. Okay, you say all this. And then just black be be black be black about it. Put some put some black you know, vernacular about it. I don't know if that's the right word, but, but like make it seem like as if it's coming from a black person, but it's my voice. Do you know, do you know does that make sense? That's how mm. I felt that's how I felt when I was listening to it, because he would say motherfucker in a certain way, then he would say shit in a certain like shit and stuff like that, and like <laughs> it, it felt like he was trying to trying to make it as if it came from uh, the voice of a black person, but it's a white man's speech.
0: And the know? thing is, is if
2: if he'd cast a white person in this
0: role, it wouldn't, it would probably be more problematic from the content they're saying. Yeah. But then, the fact of casting a black man, are you then taking advantage of that person's position? Mm. You know, I don't know. Maybe I'm reading far too much into it, but it just seems like he has just sort of got a bee in his bonnet, and
2: Mm. Been given a few million dollars to uh, to express that yeah. and to say something behind a voice that is far less likely to be criticised. Yeah, exactly. than, he is,
0: than, than his own. Yeah, um,
2: I so, did think that the things he was saying, some of the things he was saying were were um, were like true. Um, some of the, some of the criticisms he was saying about how people decide to uh, review a film is true. Like about obviously about. A um, uh, film directed by a black person or black people in it being political, things like that. I think is all right and correct what he's saying. By he probably just shouldn't have come from his mouth, but you know. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. Overall, I think I, I enjoyed it. Well, I wouldn't say enjoyed it. I think it's a good film. overall. Would you rush? Would you rewatch it? Uh, no, unless I am trying to break up with somebody and I'd be like, yeah, this is how you make me feel. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> I don't know if it's
0: someone through that, God. Yeah, no, it's long, it's long.
2: <laughs> even, like, it, the, the whole the whole relationship was so toxic and I was just watching it, like, oh, my God. Like, it was, like, like you say, it was uncomfortable to watch at points. And even, like, it's the way that Malcolm, in particular, didn't take offence to certain things. It was only offences on, like, what you called him mediocre. That She said a whole barrage of stuff, like, about him being a bad partner, blah, 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 blah. But it's what you called him mediocre. That's when he's like, "Oh, you really think I'm mediocre? Like, that guy's he's a, he, that guy's a sociopath, honestly." And also, like, one thing that I completely forgot to mention was that Malcolm does seem to have a type, and it is damaged women. Because I'm I'm sure mm. when he was list- when he was listing off women that he'd been with and was inspired by, they all had some sort of uh, problem or issue with them. I think one of them committed suicide. Or am I making that up?
0: No, I think he did say that. Yeah,
2: of yeah. the suicide, I think a couple of them he was saying had like drinking and drug problems as well. So clearly he has a type, and it's damaged, vulnerable women. Um, yeah, younger they, women as well. Younger women, yeah, which they don't really explore in the film apart outside of that little bit that he mentioned. Um, but yeah, man, Malcolm was a seriously, seriously flawed character who I did not like, and I was hoping from the first ten minutes, I, I was like, this guy is an arsehole, but I'm hoping he gets redeemed in some sort of way, and he never really does. Like that's probably one of the main reasons why I couldn't watch this film because neither of well, Marie is okay. She's there's a bit where she, where she's kind of out of order. She's out of order as well, but she's much more bearable than Malcolm is because she has a sense of reality and Malcolm kind of just got goes off one into his own world and is consumed by like some sort of narcissistic um, idea of who he is um, in this film world. And, like I think he portrays himself, himself out to be some kind of like pioneer of I don't know cinema when that's like clearly not who he is and I think the film does well to kind of put Marie in our shoes like watching him rant and be like this like roll like when you roll your eyes and listen to some of the stuff he's saying because like, this guy's is such a fraud kind of thing mm. um and I thought just to mention as well I find it really funny the whole mac and cheese bit which to mac and cheese and then he's like, firstly, the way he eats the mac and cheese is fucking hilarious because he's stabbing yeah. at the cheese, mac and cheese, like yeah. it's a fucking dead body or something like that and he wants to kill somebody. And then when he's eating it and he's insulting her at the same time, and she comes to and he's like, are you literally insulting me whilst you're eating the mac and cheese that I made for you? Is that how, yeah, yeah. Fucking, <laughs> is that how fucking crazy you are? Like, oh, honestly, that made me laugh. I'm not going to lie. It's just so much disrespect. But
0: I think Chris's point, point, um, and he has um, departed now, um, but, I think his point, like not all films do need a, a concrete resolution, but yeah. something like this, where there's clearly clearly a toxic relationship, um, some form of, you know, power imbalance, um, you know, emotional abuse. I feel like this film should have had some sort of resolution. The fact that they, like, they, I mean, Marie should have definitely left him, yeah. but they both have cause to leave each other. They shouldn't be together at the end of the day neither like Malcolm isn't redeemed Marie doesn't really get her own agency in the sense of like you know recognising that she's in a toxic relationship so I mean from the start of this film to the end of this film what, what, what happens you just learn that both of them are assholes. Malcolm probably more so that is it like you know it, I do sort of to an extent agree with Chris as like what was the point of this film other than for Sam Levinson to get a few things off his chest but hey ho um,
2: Fair enough. Yeah, uh, but I am glad to, mostly just to see that John David Washington can actually like act because obviously yeah. Chris was saying that he thought he was like really good and I, I'm not sure what else Chris has seen him in. Um, but obviously I had a slightly different point of view because I felt like he's not been great in anything that I've watched. He's been fine, but he's not been. Mm. This gave me comp- more confidence that I feel like he could be a leading man in other films. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, agreed. Um so from the
0: serious to the silly, uh Greenland mm. is a disaster film written uh, sorry, directed by Rick Roman Woe, I think is how you pronounce his surname, W A U G H, uh who also did Angel Has Fallen, also starring Gerard Butler. Oh
2: sorry, just breaking news the Justice League trailer just dropped. Just for now, no. but anyway, Oh,
0: is it actually just come out? Yeah, literally just now. Right, okay. We'll talk about this. We'll pause. We'll watch the trailer. We'll discuss it. Okay. Chris might be angry, but... <laughs> um, so, yeah. Features Gerard Butler. Um, he is... Um,
2: Just quickly, never... is the, the wife in this? Is she in Deadpool? Yeah. That's it. I knew I saw it recommended something. I thought it was Deadpool, but I wasn't sure. Sorry. So, it's,
0: it's Gerard Butler playing a character he's never played before. He's playing... Uh, the father of a family and <laughs> he has to save his family from impending danger so it's a departure for him um, um, but I think he does it quite this well is a, this is bad to be fair this is <laughs> this, is, this is every Gerard Butler character every character Gerard Butler has ever played it's just the setting that changes um, but do you know what I liked this film but essentially what it is is there's a, uh, a comet uh, coming and it's going to hit Earth And it's basically they describe it as uh, an extinction level event and um, certain people, uh, we only really see it from the American point of view, but certain people are chosen by uh, the US government um, based on their profession, we presume, um, to basically be saved and go to Greenland uh, where there's some bunkers left over from the Cold War or something where they can survive this extinction level event and then, once it's all over, come back out and restart society. Um, you know, again, very American centric. You know, why why a, a piece of land owned by Denmark would uh, give all their bunkers to Americans? I don't know. You don't really see anything from any other countries. Presumably, uh, America's the only country on Earth. Uh, but that's what some Americans think anyway. But other than that, if you look past that, I just thought it was a pretty solid... Film, uh, disaster film, but it's not Gerard Butler trying to punch the comet. It's he just yeah. wants to. He just wants to save his family, mm. and uh, they get chosen to go on on to Greenland. But because his son's got diabetes, um, they don't don't want to take anyone with a medical vulnerability, so they can't fly directly there. They have to go a convoluted route through America up to Canada, and uh, I mean, sport. Not really a spoiler, is it? But they they survive um, due to. Finding a way to Greenland. So action hero, every man, so relatable. And uh tell us about your Gerard Butler agenda.
2: Right, so this guy might be the scruffiest actor <laughs> I have ever witnessed in my entire life. Every film this guy is in, I've never seen him clean-shaven, I've never seen him with a good haircut. <laughs> every film he has been in, he is scruffy as fuck. Like, how can your you're leading he's a leading man, like he's, like, he's a leading man, he's an every man. Can, can my every man be a bit, do you know what I mean? Be a bit sexier, do you know what I mean? Like, just be a bit, be clean cut. Every time there's fucking curly hair, non brushed hair, just comb your fucking hair. <laughs> <laughs> He's always got a fucking scruffy beard. At least trim the beard so it looks nice. For fuck's sake. It's so annoying to look at. And generally, I like the Jerry Butler films, but fu- I'm like, for fuck's sake, can you just like look nicer please? For God's sake. It's really annoying. <laughs> it's frustrating. I'm not gonna lie, it's frustrating. Anyway. Um and this that doesn't change in this film. It's scruffy is fucking this film as well. Um In general, um, I think the film's alright. I think it's fine. Uh I think the first hour of it actually is really, really strong. Um and in the second hour, I kind of lost interest a little bit. At what uh, point for you was that? When they got to the dad's to the, might be the second hour, but when they got to the dad's house, from there onwards, I was kind of a bit like, you know, this is a bit like I was kind of like hurry up, kind of thing. And then, so like the first hour where um, obviously they think it's like just like a regular comet and it's going to burn up in the atmosphere before it even gets to Earth. So they're all watching it on TV, and then one of the comets hits uh, Florida. Florida? Mm-hmm. I think it yeah. takes out Florida, and everybody gets scared. Everybody gets panicky, and you know, and then obviously they're rushing to get all their stuff. And then they've been selected; no one else has. Uh, the family's like, "Oh, I'll take my dog with you." All that, sick, great. Uh, when they get to the to the airport bit to fly off, um, and there are people breaking the breaking the barriers to try and get on the plane as well. All that, sick. Um, when the the, the kid gets kidnapped, um, uh, Joe Butler has to fight off the other guy, and he ends up killing that other guy. Really good. Um, and then yeah, as soon as it gets to the bit where they get to the dad's house, and then they're just on another journey kind of thing on the way to the to the plane. It might not even be the last hour; it might be the last like, 30, 40 minutes. Um, all that bit after I was just a bit like, oh, I was kind of expecting because from from there on in you just know you kind of know where it's gonna go. Um, and I was kind of like, like hurry up, let's get to the end kind of thing. Obviously they get on the plane and that, and they go to wherever uh, Greenland, and. Um, The way the film ended, I don't know why, but the way the film ended kind of bothered me a little bit because, like, they're kind of like, everyone's like, they're in the bunker now. Everyone says, Brace for Impact, and then it goes dark for a minute, and then it's uh, scene changes, comes light again, and then they come out, and yes, nine months later. I was like, What? (laughs) I was just like, What? That was just so random. Like, why is it nine months later? Like, just, I don't know. I just kind of, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why it bothered me. The end just kind of the end just bothered me a little bit. Uh, <laughs> the fact that it's nine months later and
0: no one's hair has grown.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I was just like, what the hell? Like, I think and like, yeah. And they said like seventy. They said it was going to wipe out seventy-five percent of human life and animal life. I don't know. I feel like they could have focused on like the the fact that you know, vast basically everybody's going to die. Like, I feel like they could have focused on maybe that aspect of it a bit more. Uh, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I think it was quite a contained film, which I didn't quite expect. I did expect it to be. Gerard Butler is going to get in a ship and try yeah. and punch the comet. That's out. what
2: happened in Geostorm, pretty much. You see Geostorm.
0: No, I didn't.
2: That's basically what happened in Geostorm. Uh, <laughs> so it
0: like punch the comet off course or something, you yeah. know. But um, so I like the fact that it was basically just focused on that family and him actually just trying to get his family out. Um, yeah, they could have. I was interested in in like. You know, I would have liked to have known what happens in different countries, or, or even just a, a quick five minutes afterwards. Like, what does the Earth look like now? Yeah. How is society gonna re, um, rebuild? Um, they, they didn't really. It was quite in that sense contained. It was like we're not interested in showing you anything else apart from this family. Um, mm. which I don't mind too much. I think it was too long. I think this definitely could have yeah. been an hour forty-five rather mm-hmm. than two, but. I was pleasantly surprised. I did expect it to be. Um, How of, do you feel
2: about Gerard Butler sh- films in general?
0: I, 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 You have an expectation of a Gerard Butler film. Mm. That it's going to be a bit trashy, but you're going to mm. quite like it. Mm. Um, like the, you know, Olympus has fallen and yeah. London has fallen. Like, Interesting, the, yeah. I've not seen Angel but I can imagine what it's it, like. It, yeah, it's they're fun. much they're much of a muchness. Yeah. They're just a bit over the top. He's mm. an action hero. He's going to do something ridiculous. A bit like the Fast and Furious franchise. Mm. Like you know, they've gone beyond the street racing and it's now the rock is going to guide a missile away from <laughs> from a, a tank just yeah. with his bare hands. Like yeah. it's sort of OTT to the no, point so of like humor. But this yeah. wasn't. It was a bit more reserved. Yeah. Um I
2: still liked it. Yeah, yeah. I liked it um yeah i think it was okay like there were bits in it where i quite liked how it showed maybe kind of like different sides of humanity in terms of like when the disaster hits obviously you've got people who start looting and stuff but then in the even in the midst of that you've got that that guy who let them the wife and the kid go kind of thing and then you've got people like um i can't remember his name but he's he used to be a vine or he's been on vine I think his name's Kings, King Back or something like that. He was, he did like a little cameo in this film. Basically, he was the guy who told Jared Butler about Greenland. Um, obviously, he didn't have to do that kind of thing. Like He didn't have to tell him about that. Obviously, he tells him about that, ends up dying, whatever, whatever. And then you've got people like the couple, uh, the couple who kidnap uh, the little boy. Like people, different mindsets in terms of like disaster. Because some people, it's like, I want to be nice to people. Some people, it's like, I want to do like survival of the fittest kind of thing. And then some people are just like, let's party because the world's about to end. So fuck it, let's do whatever the hell we like before you know we all die. So yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. it's 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 okay. I think that's a film where you can literally that's a that's like a pop conflict. Turn your brain off for two hours, watch that. You know, you won't yeah. be. I don't think you'd be disappointed by that film.
0: No, 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 exactly. Um, yeah, not too bad at all. Mm. I wouldn't have gone to see it in the cinema. So uh, I would
2: have, to be fair. <laughs> oh, you would have.
0: So yeah, the fact no. that it was on Amazon, I wasn't, I wasn't too, too disappointed by last but not least, The White Tiger. Um, so this was a film that you recommended we we watch, or suggested we watch, shall I say. Yeah. Um, so it's a, uh, this is from Wikipedia, an American Indian drama film directed by Ramin Barani. Um, so it's basically a film about um, an entrepreneur called Balram, who at the beginning, it sort of starts at the end, and then sort of most of it's a flashback but he's writing an email to the Chinese uh, premier um, who is coming to India for a meeting and he's like you know I'm an entrepreneur I want to meet you this is why uh, this is my story Um, so essentially he is from a poor village and there's uh, a, a kind of a family that have been successful from the village and they come back and basically take money from them as a site protection sort of thing um, and he gets inspired by that uh, and sort of through his cunning and some uh, extended truths um, ends up being the driver for one of the sons who uh, the son who is most western mm. I think it's fair to say um, Ashok and his uh, wife Pinky played by Priyanka Chopra Jones um and yeah i mean you sort of see him he's essentially treated mostly as as a servant Mm. um but ashok when he's not with his family treats him more as an equal uh and there's interesting kind of uh gender politics as well with pinky Mm. sort of standing up to um, Ashok's father and Ashok's father sort of being like, how are you allowing her to talk to me like this? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that culture clash between, you know, the the Western American influence and and the kind of traditional Indian um, gender politics. Uh, and I mean, I don't know, should I just carry on with like how it ends? What yeah, do yeah. you want to sort of discuss up to that point? It's um, up to you. I don't
2: mind.
0: Well, so uh, Balaram carries on driving, but there's a point where Pinky is drunk and sort of says, "Oh, let me drive," and because he's subservient to them, allows it to happen. They end up doing a hit and run. They the family tries to basically gets Balram to confess uh, to hold over him, Um, but he ends up getting quite obviously angry about that and sort of just ends up realizing that he shouldn't really be treated like that um, just because they've got money and a different status and. The family of Ashok are basically bribing certain politicians in Delhi um, to influence elections and sort of Mm. not pay tax and stuff. Uh, And he uses this as an opportunity. So basically gets Ashok on his own, um, kills him, uh, robs him of the money, and then essentially steals his identity uh, to set up a kind of taxi firm in, um, I think it's Bangalore. Bangalore, yeah. And yeah, and then turns out to be the entrepreneur that we see at the beginning of the film. Um, so it, most of it is the rags too rich part, mm. and uh, I was quite surprised that this film doesn't really that the scenes of him as the success are very short, and it's uh, really,
2: yeah, I didn't like that about it. I only thing I didn't enjoy.
0: Yeah, I was like, oh, I would like to see a bit more. But he basically says at the end, he addresses the camera and says, "This isn't like a normal Hindi film where." Um,
2: I you kill a, a, kill the guy and you feel bad about it, kind of thing. You
0: have nightmares. Yeah, about. yeah. He's like, I'm I'm once in a generation, the white tiger, and yeah. you know, I was successful. So it, it it's a morally complex film in in that regard because mm. you know you sort of, I mean, I certainly, and again, it's from a Western point of view, but you're sort of like, yeah, this person sh- shouldn't be treated like that. Um, the subservience was you know uncomfortable, and so you can sort of. An extent understand why he would lash out. But then it's sort of like suggesting crime does pay.
2: Mm. So, I mean, what were your thoughts on the film? Um so in general, I li- I li- I, li- I think it's pretty good. I like the film. Um, I think I think I'm probably the wrong person to say this, but it felt really authentic to me. Um, even though it was uh, like a uh, Indian American film, I think you said. So it felt like a film where, like, because, you know, like a lot of films, I think anyway, uh, maybe not, I don't know much about, like, Indian culture, but I think African culture is what I can speak of is that they type, they typecast, re, like, typically conventionally beautiful people to play these um, downtrodden roles kind of thing. Like, does that make any sense? So, like, yeah.
0: they'll yeah. get
2: someone really good looking to play somebody really poor and everything kind of... Is in a really like poor, poverty-based setting, but it still looks pretty glamorous kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I think in this they did a good job of. No, no offense to the to the main actor. I was but. saying he's butters. Well, I'm not not saying he's butters. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> <laughs> they cast someone who's who my opinion, who my my humble, you know, uh, uneducated in terms of male beauty opinion, is not conventionally handsome, and they got him to play a role that was very. Um, you know, like you say, it's like rags to riches, and he starts from the bottom, like literally from the bottom. Um, and I think it does a good job of like even. I'm assuming the whole the whole film was was filmed in India. I could be wrong, but uh, they show like different parts of India, um, like villages, uh, gradually leading up to like little towns, getting up to like New Delhi, in, like a city, and then obviously you get to the end where he's like um, in that massive hotel meeting the Chinese guy, that sort of thing. Um, and yeah, I've, I really like the way the film was shot and. The fact that it seemed to me like they, they used, like, um, genuine locations in India. I could be completely wrong. There are genuine locations in India to film the whole to film the whole thing, so it makes it seem more authentic to me. The whole, all the conversations with um, his family, I think in, with his family, traditionally, there would be a thing of, like, oh, yeah, like, go follow your dreams, son or grandson, go follow your dreams, you know, be the person you meant to be, blah, blah, blah. And the family's like, nah, like... <laughs> go marry yeah. this woman so we can marry her, to her family so we can get some money go do yeah. this job and bring send us back all your money because we need your money and then yeah <laughs> like it's, it's a very it's a very realistic point of view again i'm only speaking from uh what i can talk about from an african perspective not maybe not from an asian perspective or indian perspective so if i'm wrong anyone listening who has a more of an insight on that correct me if i'm wrong um but yeah i really appreciate that about the film. Um, and even, like, there were certain moments in the film where, like, you can see his, uh, what's the word? His standing, I guess, amongst um, Ashok and everybody else changing. There was one moment where he was playing games with um, Ashok and then he uh, he was standing in front of the TV. Ashok says, move, come sit up here. Sits sits on the chair. And then he's, like, he kind of so he feels uncomfortable on there. So he sits on the floor. So he's visually and, like, physically below below his master, in inverted commas, and Mm -hmm. then you get, the turning point in the film, after the wife leaves, where there was a point where, he's just standing over, his master, and you're like okay, this is where he's, going to slightly, gain the up hand, and that's where he starts, to become more cunning, and starts doing his little schemes, to get money on the side, and all that stuff, Um, so yeah, I enjoyed that aspect of it, quite a lot, Um, like you said earlier, the only point I didn't quite enjoy, is that I think they spent, they didn't spend enough time, him, on his success, and how he grows success, they, got through it really quickly um and he was just uh, a rich man straight kind of like within five minutes of him killing the guy he was a rich man from there on in um which i thought maybe they could have spent a bit more time on that bit yeah Um, they spend so much time um
0: yeah on the build up his relationship with Ashok and Ashok sort of when he's not with his family actually treating him like relatively well and you know more of an equal uh and then when he's with his family it's sort of like oh that don't talk to me, don't give me this food, I don't want, you know, but then, yeah, and then quite quickly it was like, quite quickly he turns and kills him and blah 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 blah, blah. Mm. and I was like, oh, the second half felt quite rushed yeah. but I did like it and um, again, this is, you know as a western audience this is a view into this type of culture, and obviously we have to sort of um, be mindful that you know it's not necessarily authentic it's not necessarily true you know we don't know but mm. as the you know um, considering it was directed by uh, an Indian person um, rather than uh, Slumdog Millionaire which was directed by Danny Boyle.
2: Did you hear um, that they you, made the, the, the point they made about Slumdog Millionaire? Yeah you can't become rich for a millionaire TV Yeah, TV I thought show, that, was was quite, that was quite funny. Like so I there
0: was the inter- there was interesting sort of political questions obviously you know like we we're saying um pinky um being a woman uh, not being respected as much and you know it's sort of like the family say like to so ashok you need to sort her out sort of thing which, mm. which you know in a western society is is no longer accepted mm. um so there seems to be that tension there and she ver- she ends up leaving to new york Probably because that's where she's most comfortable. But Ashok is actually more comfortable in India. Yeah. Um, you know, he says this is my country, um, and and like the caste system, um, kind of yeah, it's all very interesting. Um, and I think you could probably argue that the actor that plays Ashok is probably more conventionally handsome uh, to a Western standard. Yeah. So um, yeah, I, um, I
2: thought I thought it's interesting. I was going to say as well that like. Um... I, feel, I, I kind of hope they would focus more on the fact that um, they, in the, in the beginning of the film, they kind of like, I wouldn't say worship but I've said they quite, they looked up to the person, they, the woman they called the Great Socialist, um, yeah. part of some sort of political party. And then they, a couple of scenes later, it turns out she's just like, you know, she's saying like, no, you got to pay me my 2.5 million rupees, otherwise, yeah. do you know what I mean? Otherwise you're fucked as well. Yeah. So it kind of shows that like, <laughs> capitalism, even though they're talking about socialism, capitalism still... Is rife in in behind the behind the facade that is, I don't want to say facade because she might I don't know I don't know if that's based on a real person or not. But <laughs> behind that character who's who's a so, who's preaching socialism, do you know what I mean? Mm. So I thought that maybe they would focus more on him being like, oh, actually, this is the way to become. Obviously, he realised this on his own kind of thing. But I thought maybe uh, her being maybe corrupt would lead him to be thinking, okay, no, this is how I get ahead in life. I have got to be, you know, it's got to be like a winner loser. Um, mentality rather than like a socialist mentality but then do that but just fine. By the by, really yeah, yeah overall um, I, I enjoyed it overall I would say
0: like if my family were like oh you need to send me money I'd be like you can fuck right off this is the thing though so
2: obviously like um I'm kind of like mixed on that because obviously my mum and dad born and bred in Nigeria I, I was born here grown up here and that thing about you know my mom and dad send my send send their family money countless times every month and i'm looking at it like sometimes i'm like why are you doing this like this is long like yeah <laughs> like, like this is very long but then uh, on the other side of it like i get it because when you're when you're when you're born into poverty and then you you leave and you make it in inverted commas for my mom and dad it was moving to england and getting um you know jobs and be able to earn uh decent money for him it's Going to be a driver for a rich person and earning decent money in his his equivalent of decent money. There's an onus on you to kind of like give back to your community and help your community, kind of thing, your family, your community. So that whole aspect of the film, like, is something I could really relate to. But even like you say, like I part of it was like, oh man, like your family is long. Like, can you just like, <laughs> yeah. But then also, sorry, this one bit I didn't understand. Just to, um, his brother come to collect money at least once, I'm sure, and I'm sure he said that. His brother was coming every week to collect money or something like that. So I was just wondering, and then they said for seven months he have not sent us money. So I was wondering, like, where's all his money going then? So is he just not, was he saving it or was he just spending it? Or like, what was, then he said, I only get, I only, there was one point he said, I only have 200 spare a month or something like that. So I'm thinking, like, where's your money going? You not, like, what's going on? I was confused. Uh, yeah, because that
0: happens before the point where he starts going and buying shirts and shoes and yeah. stuff. So yeah, I wasn't quite sure. I mean, I think I, I understand, like, from the point of view that if your family are in another country, like a less fortunate country, you know, it's not easy to get out of that situation. So I understand that. But, you know, if my brother and sisters were like just cotching and popping kids out and being like, oh, can you send me some money? I'd be like, fuck off. Get your own <laughs> job, mate. But if, you know, if they were kind of, you know, if I had come from somewhere else and you know I, I get that you know you see it with a lot of footballers don't you they'll like send money back to um their kind of home countries and, and so i do get that but uh nah, my brother and sisters you know fend for themselves unless they start earning uh, significantly more than i do then i'll be like hey help a brother out yeah love some peas man <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> um shall we uh take a two minute 18 second pause to watch the justice league trailer okay and then we can snip it this bit maybe uh
2: okay. um right, i'm gonna mute myself while i watch it then yeah i will as well Interesting. <laughs>
0: hmm. Interesting.
2: The Justice you know, League trailer. So, what what, what do you, what do you think? What do you think of it? Because I'm probably more excited for this than you are. So,
0: um, I mean, to be honest, it's it's mostly just shots of the different heroes in action. So, yeah. doesn't doesn't give anything is, away. At not all. not really. No, I mean, the only kind of major e- addition, apart from the changed design of Steppenwolf uh, and seeing Superman in his black suit. Is the addition of the Joker um, which he looks significantly different from how he did it in the Suicide Squad so uh, I don't know whether they're just disregarding that um, portrayal um, I mean it, it doesn't hype me up too much um, well, but, but as someone who is looking forward to this what, what are your thoughts?
2: Um, I have to say it didn't hype me up either which is a shame um, but because I think it it was just a lot of um, different scenes that we haven't seen before, uh, different shots that we haven't seen before, which is good because obviously it's obviously this film's going to be twice as long as the other one, so it will be significantly different from what we've seen already. And I think this backs up to that point because you see obviously different shots: you see Barry saving Iris, you see um, Cyborg in his football jacket, you know you see the Joker obviously, you see Dark Side um, and his minions. Um, so obviously that's good. Um, I am looking forward to. I'm looking forward to this a lot. I was hoping maybe they would show me, I don't know, like a scene or something that I hadn't, that would get me gassed for it. You know, I didn't really, I didn't really get that. Um, obviously the thing with the Superman, the black suit, I've seen steals of it already, so that wasn't a surprise to me, which is annoying because I feel like it would have been a lot better if um, I hadn't seen images of that already and I hadn't seen image if I hadn't seen images of the Joker and been told the Joker was going to be was going to be in it already, that would have been even better to see him at the end of it as well. Um, by What, are, thoughts, your,
0: sorry, what are your thoughts on the Joker being in it?
2: Uh, I don't mind. I don't mind. I think it's like, it's Batman, in it? Batman, if you, if you, because he's, Zack Snyder's probably not going to get, I imagine, unless this film does super, stupid numbers, um, probably not going to get another chance to do this iteration of Batman. Ben Affleck's not going to get a chance, probably, or he's, just isn't going to, to be Batman again, uh, long-term anyway. Um, and ba- Batman needs the Joker, so I, I think it would be good if the Batman and Joker did have some you know, some some good scenes together. So I don't mind him being in it, to be fair. I quite I quite enjoy it, because I'm um, um, not as bothered by a lot of people, as most people are, with Jared Letters' performance as the Joker, and I'm curious to see, in Serious Squad, and I'm curious to see how different his performance in that is to this because from the little snippet we got there, it seems like he's going to be a bit more Heath Ledger like Lucy Goosey Joker than the gangster Joker we saw in Suicide Squad, who seemed oh, a bit also, more like that. That portrayal is in
0: Batman's Nightmare Vision,
2: so I suggests oh, yeah.
0: suggest that it might not be happening like in That's real true. life, if that That's makes true. sense. That's true. That's I true. wonder if this film is going to leave people wanting more. And mm. be frustrated by that, you know. This is probably unlikely to tie things up in a nice bow. So, yeah. I mean, we're pre- presumably not going to get Henry Cavill anymore. I don't know. Um, Which is a
2: shame, to be honest. I think I would like to see another Superman film with him in it. But you know, yeah. I mean, you know, the the trailer was was fine. I mean, it, one it thing is, I'm worried about a little bit is I feel, I don't know if you feel sorry to interrupt you, but I don't know if you feel this way, but I feel like the images that I've seen just look like he doesn't look real it just looks like really good cgi does that make sense
1: mm-hmm.
2: so like when you see when i see thanos um i'm like okay yeah, that actually looks real that actually looks like a, it could be a real person real character when i see dark side i'm just like this just looks like a really good like computer game yeah and i don't know i'm worried about that for throughout the whole film in general i'm worried because one of my problems i think one of your problems as well with justice league was that it just became like a cgi mess during towards the end fuck fest yeah and i'm worried that this one might be the same where you get to think like why didn't i suppose you know restrictions because of covid blah 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 but you'd think like i wish i'd shot this at a real location rather than having us compute having having it being cgi i'm hoping that doesn't take away from the experience at all for me uh, but yeah that was one, that's a
0: con- just a little
2: concern that i have yeah
0: um, i mean to be honest that trailer doesn't to me justify me spending four hours of my time watching it but you're gonna watch it but i'm gonna be a sucker and do it anyway okay, exactly. i will oh, watch it and then like,
2: i'll tell
0: you it's worth the time I, to be honest it's probably going to be one of those things i'm going to want to watch anyway
2: okay fair
0: enough. even if it is terrible but maybe if you tell me it's something I probably won't enjoy then maybe I won't spend four hours in one go maybe I'll like dip in and out but um yeah I'm do you think we'll get another sort of little trailer before it comes out
2: um no no I think it's it's coming out in a month I don't yeah I I think this is I think this is all we're gonna get which I don't mind because you know we always complain about trailers giving away bare stuff so Mm -hmm. If I, had yep. to, if I had to do uh, one scale or the other, I prefer this end of it where he doesn't give you much than something that gives you a lot. So yeah, I think, like you say, I think there's so much film to watch. Like there's four hours. There's a lot. There's a lot of time, you know? So I think this could either be really good or really bad. I feel like it's not going to be an in-between. And I I am going to be, like I said to you in the channel, I'm going to be heartbroken if this, if this film is shit. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't, I mean, Endgame was pushing it, right? Yeah. But that
0: was the culmination of 20-something films. Yeah. So you can sort of think, okay, I'll allow it. But this is literally, like, twice the length of the of the first iteration of it. Yeah. And you're like, really? Like, if you were, if Joss Whedon hadn't come in and butchered your film, would it have been four hours long? No. no. Uh,
2: no it
0: might have been 2.30, two 2.45? Two yeah. Like, oh, I don't know. I, just, I don't know. He, th- maybe this is too much creative control. I don't
2: know. But. Maybe, maybe. Because I think this this is a thing where I think like, you know, obviously, I imagine most films have like a rough cut of the film, which is probably super long. Yeah. So then, and then they get editing teams in you know, there to chop, thing, chop it down to two and a half, two hours. I reckon maybe Zack Snyder has been like, right, we filmed four hours of footage. You got to get four hours of footage, whether yeah. it's good or not. You're going to see the whole story the whole way through. This that film's going to include outtakes, isn't
0: it? it? It's going yeah. like, to be like it's going to be like one division. Like Gal Gadot <laughs> will be like, "Oh, do you want me to redo that?" And they'll be like, "No, no, don't worry, keep it." But like, I also wonder if this is just going to be a massive fuck you from Zack Snyder to Warner Brothers, because mm. I mean, I know there were circumstances that led to him leaving Justice League, but by all accounts, he was sort of going to be fired anyway. Yeah. Um, so I wonder if he's like, "Now I've got the money to finish this. I'm just going to rinse you for all the money I can." Like a four-hour-long film and you know fuck you, you should have let me do it in the first place um uh, yeah i mean water brothers haven't learned have they like um the suicide squad extended cut was better made more sense the extended edition of batman versus superman made a hell of a lot more sense um and you know so if you're you know just trust Zack schneider either invest in him or don't you know don't half-heart it which is what they've done um you know you you kind of essentially fire him or allow him to leave after the tragedy and then bring in Joss Whedon and tell him he has to keep it under two like two hours or less. Mm. Like I think modern audiences sort of expect a superhero film to be at least two fifteen. Yeah. Minimum so and for a Justice League film which is featuring five superheroes, like oh, I dunno. They're not learning, but we shall see. Um none, we shall none, see.
2: nonetheless, I'm looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, I'm sure Chris will have a few thoughts next next time as well. But um, yeah, uh, we're keeping it under two hours as well. So um, uh, if you've got any thoughts on WandaVision, Malcolm & Marie, Greenland or the White Tiger or the Justice League trailer, please do tweet us at Podcast 17 We're also on all the places you get your podcasts uh, and also on YouTube and Instagram under your average critics. Keep it sexy. You've got to say that.